We're just boys. We're just boys. And we like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We're like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts in the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. All right, all right, all right. Welcome into the inaugural episode, or pilot, as we like to say in the biz, of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast, coming direct from quaint and growing Simpsonville, South Carolina. I bring you the man with a plan that always has an expert to back up his claims. You can find him on Instagram at southern underscore bling underscore beer underscore reviews. I give you the mayor, Stephen. Thank y'all for joining us today and hope you continue to listen to us. Next up, he's been around the block and seen it all, or at least we like to say he has. Everyone needs a spiritual, see what I did there, advisor. Seek him out on Instagram, at Wayne's Beer Delivery, and go subscribe to him on YouTube by the same name, Wayne's Beer Delivery. Give it up for the sage of the hops himself, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. I, of course, your humble correspondent and producer, the Internet's favorite northern transplant. Check me out on Instagram and TikTok at Nutmeg2Palmetto. You can casually call me Chase. Gentlemen, here we go. What are we thinking going into this new adventure of Southern Swill? I'm excited. You know, it just seems like there is a very vibrant scene here in the upstate. Uh, we got new breweries popping up all over the place. Uh, there's even one less than two miles from my house. So um, it's just great. You know, the more beer, the merrier. I'm just happy to be here to enjoy some good beer with some good friends and check out some new breweries that may or may not have us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you know it is it's just in the year that I've been down here it's kind of amazing that the growth of what was here a year ago and what's popped up since it's just like it won't stop <laughs> and I'm used to having a high density of breweries n- nearby me up north but this this is like fast catching up to that <laughs> good the more the merrier absolutely and now let's get into a recurring segment we will always start you off with called What Are We Drinking? And let's say true to form and feature three options from this here Palmetto State. Stephen, why don't you uh, pop and pour your beer and then we'll uh, kick let's it around a bit. Idaho 7 Cashmere Rinse Repeat Westbrook coming in at 7%. It is an IPA pouring very hazy which is what I like. Unlike... You going to share that with us? Whoa. I wasn't... <laughs> I didn't know I was going to share it. Well, Wayne over here doesn't drink uh, IPAs. No IPAs. But I apologize. I was being selfish. <laughs> I didn't know we were supposed to be sharing the beer. You want some more of this one? Sure. <laughs> well... Give Wayne a little bit. <laughs> I'll try it just yeah, a little bit. Wayne. So Wayne's not a big IPA guy. I won't go into that too much. <laughs> let him talk about that. But there's so much different styles of beer in this world that 
you can be picky. That's true. And you can never touch one of your life. Che- cheers, cheers to the gentlemen. new adventure, fellas. Very hoppy smell. No, actually not bad. So they're more known for their stouts and milkshake IPAs, but this is one of the series that they do. Uh, like They call them shower beers. Is what Westbrook calls it. So <laughs> shower approved. Yeah, people always say, like, what's the best type of beer? The after work beer, the weekend beer, the football beer, and a lot of people say the shower beer. I don't personally get them. I'm like, I can't imagine being in the shower drinking a beer. I don't know. I know I'm probably crazy because a lot of people do it, but I don't know. What, have you, you guys ever tried that before? Every time I take a shower after work, I got a beer in my hand. Except when I was sick for almost four weeks. <laughs> uh, no, no shower beers here. I take a very hot shower and I like a cold beer, not a hot one. Well, I'm opposite. I like taking colder showers. <laughs> not like like lukewarm, I guess you'd say. It's a, so he likes his showers like he likes his heart icy cold. Yeah. Okay, this is going... To heck in a handbasket very quickly with our conversation. <laughs> what a fun ride it is. Yes. <laughs> you know, I have to give it to you. This uh, Idaho Cashmere IPA, it's pretty decent. It's not I over. I like it. So it's not overpowering like a lot of IPAs are. Um, it does have a good flavor. It doesn't have that, like, strong bite no, I think if you're gonna, if, I think if you associate any kind of bitterness to this, it's in the mouthfeel, mm-hmm. but it's not in the flavor. The flavor is pretty smooth. There's no uh, back end aftertaste. What do you think about the flavor? You can definitely taste the uh, the pine notes in it, but yeah. other than that, it's it's pretty, it's it's really good. I would have it again. You might be convincing me on the IPAs. We'll see. Well, that's Westbrook, little brewery down in, uh, or up in Mount Pleasant. I'm a little green to the geography over here. That's by Myrtle Beach, right, fellas? Down, down, oh, down. Charleston. Oh, is that my Charleston? I got Charleston, Charleston. as they say. <laughs> Charleston. All right. Uh, as they say, keep it moving. Wayne, what you got next for us? All right. So I just picked this up this weekend. This is Death to Kings West Coast Lager from 13 Stripes Brewing. Uh, it's 5% alcohol by volume, and as always, their can art is on fire. Uh, Describe it since we're an audio show. <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard to describe, except for you get a, a guy on the crown, looks like he's a, a skeleton, and there's a, an American Eagle over the side of it. So, For those that aren't aware, 13 Stripes does you work in a lot of patriotic logo symbols in their logos. So also, 13 Stripes is veteran-owned. So that has a lot of uh, symbolic stuff on there. There's a lot of stuff that's like Civil War drawings and... A lot of revolutionary ones. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They're, and they make awesome beer. They do. I have yet to be disappointed. <laughs> All right, let's crack this Jim. one open. And now where Stephen and I are fans of the hazies, this is into Wayne's territory now, the loggers and the pilsners. <laughs> A West Coast lager. I mean, I this is the first I've heard of a West Coast lager, so 
Right. Let's let's see what it's all about. So while he so while Wayne is cracking it open, I'll put a huge little tidbit about third or small tidbit. Thirteen stripes. Last year, I posted a picture on my personal Instagram for Southern Bling Beer Reviews, and the lady that runs, which is one of the owners, that runs their Instagram page, she saw my picture, and she privately messaged me, and she said, that beer is the wrong color. And I said, what's wrong with it? And she said, it's oxidized. And I said, okay, no big deal. And she said, please come. I'm so sorry. Apologize. She reached out to me. As far as a brewery, customer service. They're you know, spot on. That's awesome. She gave me four cans. And all she asked is that I gave her a good review. I gave her a good review on the one that was oxidized. I didn't know it wasn't supposed <laughs> to be that color. The, the flavor was good. So now, that's customer service just, for you. Yeah. I, I didn't want to take away from Wayne, but while he was pouring each one of us his beer, I just story. wanted to put that tidbit. Um, I, I know other breweries probably do it, but 13 Stripes, customer service is amazing. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, fellas. It's got a very traditional lager aroma. So this is the West yeah, Coast Kings. lager. Oh. Yeah, so he's a skeleton king sitting on his throne with a... He's a dead king. Bald eagle. He's a dead king because Over in this country shoulder. we're not supposed to look to kings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have no kings here. So the bald eagle's on his left shoulder. His staff has a hop on the top. Oh. Which is cool, symbolic of the beer. Oh, yeah. Okay. beer with hops. And the other thing you always have to pay attention to with 13 Stripes is they always put this quote on the back of the can. Yep. And let's just, while we're sipping on this, I'll just read it down. Go for it. There is something exceedingly ridiculous in the compos composition of monarchy. It first excludes a man from the means of information, yet empowers him to act in cases where the highest judgment is required. The state of kings of a king shuts him from the world, yet the business of a king requires him to know it thoroughly. Wherefore, the different parts, by unnaturally opposing and destroying each other, prove the whole character to be absurd and useless. That is, in, that is a excerpt from the famous Thomas Paine book, Common Sense, written in 1776. Yeah, 13 Stripes has... And we're not getting paid to say any of this about any of our breweries, by no means. But not we, we just do it. We just do it for the fun of it. Um, three guys getting together, love beer, and trying different ones. But Thirteen Stripes seems to me, my personal opinion, that they've got a really good advertisement strategy. As far as they get good beer out there, it's all word of mouth, basically. And they put these sayings and quotes like Chase just read, and it just it it makes you it makes me feel a part of their brewery, if that makes sense. I know sometimes I have weird words to say, but well, and it's it's 
like you said, as far as their overall approach to selling themselves, it's their environment too. You go in, it's a big tasting room. It's very rustic looking. There's a lot of patriotic um, memorabilia all across the walls. And it's kind of, Taylor's is still a little bit on the come up, I would think. Is that fair to say, boys? Yeah. It's yeah. very welcoming. <clears throat> yeah. The place is. But the facility that they took on across the parking lot is an, is an old school arcade. There's an axe throwing bar. There's a couple other businesses on the opposite side of the building. So even though the overall area is still a little bit on the come up, like this little building that's shared by several places, they've really kind of created something you could really just spend the day, spend the afternoon, spend the whole evening there, and yeah, you'll be it's fine. On, it's on Taylor's Mill. You're right. You might be uh, completely in the bag and need to be dragged out by the end of the night, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a good little area right there. I think there's even a restaurant right, right there next to two. Yep. Um, so... What about the beer? Let's talk about the beer. Here I'll tell you what, Wayne. Keep bringing me classic beers like this. You may turn me around. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> well, I won't, I won't say too much on the Pilsners, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take no, it one step at a time. time. <laughs> <laughs> so the color is definitely a traditional lager for me. It's a very malty-looking color, which is weird because it doesn't smell malty or taste Yeah, it doesn't. What I like about it is... Compared to other lagers, the taste on it is completely different. Um, the front of it just, I'm still trying to figure out words to describe it, but um, it, it's, it's very interesting and I'm liking it. Excellent beer. Personally, not my style because I'm not a traditional lager guy, but I could drink a couple of these, absolutely. And it was, uh, Five percent. So you could drink a couple of them and not be completely shit housed. Compared, <laughs> compared to my usual eight and nine percent hazy IPAs. Well, sometimes you need a low gravity beer. Uh, you don't need to be high powered all the time. Well, that would be a pretty decent pool beer. We go to the pool every weekend, mm -hmm. having a small child. So definitely. Drink that at the beer or that pool. <laughs> drink that. Drink the beer at the beer. Drink the beer at the beer. Swim in the beer. Drink the pool. Right? All right. That was a little intro into Thirteen Stripes. They will certainly. It will certainly not be the last Thirteen Stripes um, selection on our show in the future. <laughs> Absolutely not. That would be plenty. Um, the other, the, our third and final one for this segment uh, of this inaugural episode, I'm going to go back to Westbrook Brewing, as Stephen intro before, and this is one I'm a little excited about, and I'm excited to share with you guys. It's called the Mexican Cake Imperial Stout. Ooh. <laughs> and I do like the hazies, even though Stephen's more known for the hazies, and Wayne's more, more known for the... Uh, the classical styles, but if there's any style I'm known of, it's definitely stout. <laughs> I think he's more the IPA guy, not the hazies. Whatever y'all want to label it. I just like <laughs> drinking good beer. I'll drink anything. I'll agree with that. That's all. All of us like drinking good beer. That's true. This is uh, a malt beverage with cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, cinnamon, and habanero peppers. Mm. Pop. Sounds like a cake with jalapenos. Pop this bottle open. 
this is an audio show with that. It's super, super dark. That's a good description for the audio for the auditory audience. <laughs> and super thick, as most all porters and stouts are. Yeah, it's like drinking car oil. That's a good tease because we'll have a segment related to such coming up a little bit later. This is a large bottle, so it's going to take a while for me to uh, get these pours right, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm good. That last comment, well, I thought you okay. were talking about a different beer from a different <laughs> brewery altogether. So, is that the 2021 release? It is. I mean, it should be. <laughs> okay. Bottled on May 2021. So, to be 100% honest... I don't care for this release. I've had numerous bottles at bottle shares and bottles I've had that I purchased. But just my opinion, you know, we all have our own opinion. Cheers, gentlemen. Now, what do you think about the aroma? Because to me, it's a little dry. A little coffee on the aroma? I smell more chocolate than coffee. And I'm a coffee drinker. <laughs> I'm not, so maybe I'm just wrong. Believe it or not, I smell more of the vanilla beans for some reason. Every person, and we're all three different as far as what we like. Every person I've ever talked to that I've let try beer, smell a beer, no one ever has had the same opinion that I have. That's 100% true. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I've been kind of the same thing. Yeah, and... <laughs> Everyone has their own likes, and that might have something to do with what they're smelling. You know, they're just blocking it out. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, the craft beer world is, is crazy. I mean, everybody likes what they like, and the world goes around. Now, the flavor to me is evolving a little bit, so I'm curious what you guys think of the flavor. Do you guys Are you guys getting a different flavor from your first sip to every successive sip? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, if you're looking for a, a, a nice beer to clear your sinuses, this will be one for you. <laughs> I am definitely picking up the habanero now. So that's my my first impression, my first sip. I smelled it, got the aromas of chocolate. Chase got the aromas of coffee. What were you getting? Wine. I was getting kind of the vanilla, cocoa, and the cinnamon. Oh, wow. Like, See? So literally, completely so three different could, reactions yeah, to the aroma. I didn't get any <laughs> vanilla cinnamon at all. But on first taste, wow, the habanero, as always, I said before that I've had it before, and the habanero just pops you right on your taste buds and goes all the way down your throat. I can see why they called it Mexican cake because yep. it tastes like a cake with some habaneros <laughs> over the whole thing. See, to me, my first sip, I got a, more of that sweet vanilla chocolate taste. And then the habanero kind of like hit me on the back of my throat. And ever since then, it's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. It's just this spiciness, this spicy dark beer going down my gullet. Definitely an interesting beer. It's not a style I've really had before, a pepper beer. Yeah. Well, it's you don't find them too often, but 
they're definitely around. In fact, um, believe a four pack you picked up for me the other day is a habanero beer. So interesting. Stay tuned. It'll, maybe it'll come on on a later episode. Well, the ABV on this one, this is definitely not something you want to chug, and then. It's so, not, but if you had to guess, what do you think? What would you think it was? I'm gonna say this is about the nine percent range. Not bad. What about you? If you had to guess, what's the ABV? I've never paid attention to it. Like I said, I've had multiple <laughs> bottles of it. <laughs> well, then you'll know. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. Maybe you I'm won't. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't look at every single ABV. I didn't. I, I didn't care for the beer. I still don't care for the beer. So I really didn't look into it. It's ten and, ten, a, half. Ten and a half. It's a very peculiar beer for sure. I, I can't sure think the rest about of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's super interesting. But the thing is, to me, when you when you incorporate I've had a few jalapeno beers. And when you start incorporating, you don't typically associate it with dark beers. They're typically in lagers. They're in IPAs. I, I think there was one. I won't mention the brewery because I don't want to spoil anything. But there was one brewery that had a spicy aspect in a beer, and I didn't, um, I I didn't pick up on it in that one. But this one, it's, I mean, to me, it's its slow, which I know you both disagree with that. To me, it's slow, but it's certainly noticeable. Is that, and I won't spoil it either, but is that one of the interviews that we recently did? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that one, too, and I didn't taste the, the pepper. That's not one I've tried, but the difference between jalapeno and habanero is definitely yeah. a big step. And this is habanero peppers in this one, so... Woo. Well, that's, oh, that's true. That's that, a fair point. That's the turnoff for me. And like I said, I've tried, I keep saying, I've tried numerous bottles. The turnoff for me is the pepper. I don't care if it's jalapeno or habanero, if it's overpowering. I don't want to drink a beer like that. You if just want, don't like spicy. If, if I want spicy, I'm going to go eat Mexican food <laughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> but it's Mexican cake. <laughs> 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 it's Mexican cake. <laughs> no, unfortunately, when when I eat Mexican, I drink Dos Equis. Well, He's point. the most interesting man in the world. Yep. That's why we call him the mayor. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the beauty of craft beer and beer in general is if you don't like one particular type, well, guess what? There's about five million more and you're going to find <laughs> something that you like. That is very accurate. And with that... Now let's let's uh, talk about something a little different. Now Simpsonville has plenty of watering hole and poorhouse options in its recent rise, but not a lot of actual breweries have settled down here, that settled down around here. So when we come back, we're gonna bring in the owner who chose to brave these waters. Stick with us and catch Jacob, owner of Five Forks Brewing, Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. Keep it with us. Well, it's been two months since I drank a little too much. Said the wrong thing, so she packed up her stuff. Moved down to Mississippi, told her friends she never loved me. Said I was another muddle, long-haired hillbilly. I'm sitting here, drowning in a cold beer. And I won't tell her you saw me here. If she asks about me, oh, I'm rocking on the lot of 
Welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. We're here at Five Forks Brewery here in beautiful Simpsonville, South Carolina. With us today is Jacob, owner of Five Forks Brewery. Jacob, what made you get into owning a brewery? Well, um, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to do much else. That's, uh, that's the start of that. I didn't go to college or anything, but I have a little bit of a background in alcohol, uh, drinking it, and then selling it. Um, one as a bartender for what feels like uh, a lifetime. And, uh, and then I've opened a couple of restaurants and bars and got a little tired of um, the operations of that. With, uh, and I love, I love my staff, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot more of them in a restaurant and I wanted to simplify. Uh, I love beer. I knew people in this industry and um, said, uh, let's see what it looks like to open up one of my own. So, without much else to do, I just, I just went ahead and did it. Uh, I wish I could give you a fun, exciting answer, but no, it's just dumb luck. <laughs> it's kind of how I ended up here. Tell us quickly about the struggles or struggles thereof of owning a brewery, day-to-day operations. Yeah, for sure. Um, still pretty new here. Uh, uh, four, four months or so into the game. So some of the struggles I'm sure I don't know about just yet, but it kind of like anything, honestly I can tell you about a number of the, the great qualities of owning one as opposed to anything else in food and bed. Um, that, that's an easy question to answer. Uh, but some of the struggles, I mean, it's just day to day, it's keeping your people happy, keeping your people motivated, um, interacting with the customer. We're very, very community oriented here. We named it after the community. So it's real important for me, for our staff to get to know the people who sit at our tables and at our bar and drink our beer. That's, um, that's part of beer to me, is the camaraderie and the community of it. Uh, and trying to get that across is, uh, is probably my main struggle. That said, I've got some wonderful people working here, and they uh, they make it a lot easier, and they make me look they make me look good. So so far, we're good with that. Oh, and nobody cleans the bathrooms here; they make me do it. That's, that's the other struggle. I can appreciate that answer because for me, when it comes to drinking to drink, I a lot most of the time I'd rather have something a little more pollen, like some, the bourbon or an old fashioned or something like that. So. For you to say that a lot of your desire to do this was to embrace more of the social aspect and the people, that's kind of why, at least from my perspective, with my, you know, we all have our individual Instagram beer review accounts. With mine, that was kind of my, like, when I go out to breweries, I want to experience the social aspect. I want to feel the adventure, if you will. So that's kind of, I, I like to your answer was kind of in the same vein as that as far as more focus on the experience as opposed to the you know beer itself which I know sounds a little wrong because your beer is very good <laughs> so it's definitely about the beer to a certain extent yeah for sure I mean of course it's about the beer to begin with but that, that doesn't have to be the stop sign either and uh, that sounds like we're we're of the same nature man I mean we, we both enjoy beer both enjoy people's company or experiences and when you kind of marry the two fantastic I mean you can have the best beer in the world 
and someone's sitting over there throwing rocks at you, you're probably not going to hang out very long. Yeah. And vice versa, you can kind of put up with beer that's not great if you're having a great time with your buddies or any other people around. So, you know, that that's... I have a, one, of the, one of the most highly trained brewers out there, really a guy that I lean on a ton. He is the heart, the soul, the everything of this business. Like I said, I'm the guy that cleans the bathrooms and just tries to make <laughs> those cats happy for that reason. Yeah. All right, so this is a very beautiful brewery, brewery here, and um, it's a little unique. Um, we're going to... It's like a storage building. Can you give me a little bit of background on that? What the decision was to open it here? Yeah, for sure. Um, like, like most uh, people that own breweries, we we're all looking for the right cube smart to, uh, to slap a brewery in. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Um, you know, I was working on another project, another brewery, and uh, these things take forever. And during that, the developer of this property reached out wanting to know if I'd be interested in filling up about 3,000 square feet. And when I got here to look at it, it was just grass. There was no building at all. And he said he's putting in a storage facility, like, uh, like storage lockers and a key smart. And he'd cut out 3,000 or so square feet for me. And I thought, and well, one, I've never seen it. And I've actually looked it up. And I don't know if anybody else is doing it, but I haven't. I, I didn't look very hard. But uh, and I don't see it, but I thought, well, why not? Um, this community I wanted to be in for sure. Uh, this is a great, great community in Five Forks. Um, and there's really, zone, for zoning purposes, almost nowhere else to put a brewery. Uh, it's weird, this area, it's kind of one of the higher income areas of South Carolina. And, and the places that they go to drink are a uh, grocery store, an old uh, Rite Aid, and now a Keep Smart. So it kind of falls into line with just the community itself. I thought it'd be interesting. I thought it made for a lot of fun things you could do in the brewery to kind of bring back the nostalgia and the, everything that you've thrown in the stores that you're never going to look at again. The kind of revisited on the walls and some of the, the, the work we've done around here. So I just figured I'd go for it, man. Why not? Why not? It's got to go somewhere, you know? And that's in the year, in the roughly a year I've been down here since transplanting from up north, I've noticed that you're the first, like like you were saying, the first actual brewery brewery to open in this area as opposed to everywhere else. I, you know, I got to run up to Greenville, I got to run up to Taylor's, I go over to Easley, you know, it's like, so Anderson, where, you know, wherever the case may be, so to have one like right here that's just quick 10, 15 minutes down the road is nice and does it make you feel like okay, we're the alpha, we're the alpha in the area now because we're the first one to dig in right here? Um, don't don't feed my ego too much. Uh, <laughs> that I made that smart decision because some of this is just a, a little bit of help from the man upstairs. Um, we are, you know, we're proud to be called Five Forks Brewing, and this is Five Forks neighborhood, and we are here for the community. We do understand that there are other places. There's not a ton in this community, um, but we're, we're happy to be a part of it. Um, as far as the alpha, I haven't thought of that. And uh, now you're just, uh, you're, you're gonna make me sound arrogant. Um, <laughs> and I guess in a way we are, 
are a little because we are specific to it. But man, we'll, we'll take whatever we can get. I mean, I, I love this area. I love the people. We're, we're just glad to be here, at whatever part we can be. And you answered a little bit of the question already as far as why you picked the area. Um, but the other part of my question is, do you have any knowledge of the naming of the Five Forks area? Obviously, you named your brewery after the area, but in general, me being a transplant, only being down here a short time, relatively speaking, is there any kind of story behind why the area is named Five Forks? I, I guarantee there is. Um, I'm not the guy to give you that answer. <laughs> Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it has something to do with five roads that kind of converged. Okay. Uh, kind of right over here, like really close to us. Uh, so I believe that's it. Uh, actually, years ago, maybe, maybe a dozen years ago or so, I owned a small chain of frozen yogurt shops. And I had one of them, a franchise, um, across the street, um, right next to the Wine Express over there. Uh, it didn't last very long, um, so I, I've done a little bit of work in this area before, but we were just in a really weird location, and it is what it is. And they, they, it seems the community likes beer more than they like yogurt. So, uh, as far as the, the actual naming of it, man, I, somebody enlighten me. One of you guys looks, all of you guys look smarter than me, but one of you, especially on this. Uh, I've lived here 15 years, and I don't even know why it's called Five Forks. I think it has something to do with the five roads right here. You've got Batesville, Five Forks Road, Scuffletown Road, Woodruff Road. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, that's a little bit above me. I'll pass it over to someone else. Go ahead. So, Jacob, earlier you briefly touched on a new adventure that you had. Um, that's coming up and easily. Can you talk about that? Just you don't have to go into real detail. Um, no spoilers or anything if you don't want to. Just quickly tell us what you have going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not sure I could spoil anything on that. It's been uh, it's been on the internet. Everything's on the internet. So either way, we're, we're I'm putting a brewery in a uh, old silo. In Eastland, it's called uh, Silos Brewing. It's in the Silos District. It's uh, a deal with a number of restaurants and other vendors. So it's a it's an old silo building that's been vacated for the last 30 years. Uh, we got into it. The, clearly, the biggest job to do in there is clean it up. There's been anything and everything living in that, from I believe people to you know on a birds and rodents and everything. So it's been a long go of just cleaning up these old silos, 20 silos out there, 8,000 square feet, 70 foot ceilings, and installing a brewery within it. Um, massive doors, massive outdoor space, uh, and it's just beautiful. So all we, I truly had to do, I might get some credit on how cool it is, but all I truly did was clean it. So uh, I'll take the credit, don't get me wrong, tell my wife how good I am at that. But it was really just a broom and uh, some uh, some uh, elbow grease. To get it done. So do you have an estimated time of when you'll be opening that? I get that question daily and you'd think I'd have a solid answer. Uh, I'm looking at maybe three weeks. Maybe three weeks. We are brewing beer out there currently. Um, beer does take a while. So uh, while it takes about one day to brew, it takes weeks till it's ready to go. So 
We are Berlin. We do have a beer in the tank out there. We're uh, just waiting to, to get it ready for, for the public. Now, we've spent a lot of time talking about you, your business, how you got started here, what the brewery is like, why you picked the area, that sort of thing, and, and new projects, but you're a brewery, so let's talk about the beer. Sure. <laughs> now, there's a Hefeweizen you have called What's My Code, and I liked it a lot the first time I was here. Wayne Wayne tried it when, when he was here, liked it a lot. The next time I was here, I had a Keller beer, I think it was called Betamax, and to me, that tasted a little... Now, maybe it's just my personal palate, which at times can be a little funky. Real but... Real to real. What, um... Do, do you ever have areas like that where you have one beer that you make and then another beer make, make you think that you hit the note of the first beer a little closer than the second beer? All right, well... I don't, I don't claim to be smart in business, and I also... Uh, not smart in beer. I like drinking it. Uh, and that's what I love about craft beer is everybody kind of has their own opinion of it. And that's great. And none of them can be discounted. Uh, Y'all are super smart with beer. Uh, I've talked to you before and you know a lot of the notes and things like that. I mean, I am just uh, the dummy with a beer in his hand. I, I wish I could have had my brewer here today, but he is brewing. He could talk you through some of that. Um, so to kind of wrap around to your question, we, we brew beer for a couple of reasons here. We brew beer that we think can be approachable to the area. Uh, we don't want to just brew beer for burly guys with beards. You know, we get a lot of women that come in. Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, we kind of try to hit a lot of different stops. The, the German beers you just named, a couple of them. Well, there's a lot of Germans in this neighborhood, the BMW down the road, Michelin. So, in fact, we just put on uh, Alt Beer. Uh, as you guys were sitting here, I put the sign up, the beer's back on. And we have a Schwartz beer here as well. So, you do have a few of those. Um, and I think I've kind of almost forgotten the question you asked. But we brew what we think is approachable. And every now and then we just brew something we want to brew, too. Uh, it's beer. It's fun. It's meant to have fun. If you don't like it, tell me. I'll buy you your next beer. <laughs> I'm cool with that, too. Well, that sounds great. Um, that Schwartz beer is really, really good. Um, you know, you guys haven't been here a real long time, so tell me a little bit about any challenges trying to open a brewery in 2020 during a pandemic, you know, because that's, uh, you know, it's a challenging time for all of us, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was, because, you know, we're also working with the de with developers and such here, so it's not just our challenges, it's their challenges of when the space is going to be delivered or when the gas lines are gonna be run, or stuff like this is completely out of our control. And they're facing the same struggles that we faced opening up. Uh, just uh, delays in shipping anything. Anything and everything. I have a small garage door that took five months to get here. And easily I have one that took 11 months. Our furniture took eight months to show up. The price of everything went through the roof during COVID. And everything kinda, in a strange way, got delayed for me for these projects up until the price almost hit its peak, and then 
everybody's like, okay, let's start building. Like, well, shit, man. I, I got OSB board in here that used to be six bucks. It's now 40 bucks. It's a sheet. <laughs> and I'm using a lot of it, you know? And now it's actually, I think, 50 $60 a sheet. And it's, uh, you know, the price because of uh, the pandemic, uh, you know, looking, that's a whole different podcast, I'm sure. But uh, it got out of control. So things got very, very expensive. Um, and well, luckily, my wife doesn't need too many fancy things because, you know, it's been beans and rice a lot of nights uh, leading into this. And uh, she's been wonderful with that. So we sucked it up. You know, lips, lips slim. So we can get some uh, money coming in from here. Now, of course, we're all drinking one of your beers right now. Uh, why don't you start off describing the beer you're having, and then we'll describe each of our beers, and then you tell us if we're on if we're on base towards what your thought was when you were when you were brewing when your brewmaster. Okay, okay, wait, wait. We got to change this game a little. You guys know this better than me. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I'm, I own the, the brewery. I'm not the guy who makes the beer. I got the smart guy to do that stuff. <laughs> this, I'm just a guy that grew a beard, so he looks like he knows what he's doing in this world. Uh, can talk beer. I'm drinking a West Coast IPA. It's delicious. That's what I know. So, and I know what you guys are all drinking, and I love the beers that you guys are drinking, and I drink them too because they're delicious to me. Notes and this and that. I. Don't know, man. I, I literally just, I like beer. I think, point the finger at one of you, beer guys, and y'all play the game of beer consigliere and uh, <laughs> talk about that shit. Because I love to hear it, and I love to listen to it. But I'm literally just not smart enough to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, don't say our egos too much. We're just three guys on Instagram accounts. Hey, I, I just got my first Instagram account like a couple months ago, and it's for here. So I don't even know that world either. <laughs> you communicate well. Yeah. So I am an IPA guy year-round and a stout guy year-round. I love double IPAs. So I got second runner-up. Um, it's it's different than most IPAs that I've ever had. It, Is that a double? It's a double dry hopped IPA. It's a double dry hopped IPA. So it it tastes different. I, I've got to talk to Kenny. I really want to talk to Kenny and find out what all hops he used because I'm tasting some, uh, some mosaic. And I could be off, but that's that's what I'm tasting right now. It's it's very good, but it's it's definitely different than what I've ever had before in a dry hopped IPA in a good way. Okay. It, it's got a really good flavor. The citrus flavor is there on the back end, like most IPAs, but it has just a very I can't put my taste buds on it. You've, you've described it uh, when you say you can't put your taste You've described it a hundred times better than I could. So don't don't beat yourself up there. Uh, that was that was great. It sounds informative and it sounds like you're a pro at this. Uh, 
I'm drinking the uh, West Coast Double IPA Boombox currently. And uh, the, the difference in the two to me is this one just just more full to me, you know. And, uh, it's just a punch in the face IPA West Coast like a guy with a bit of a neck tattoo, you know. That is this beer to me. Um, that's my description. I start talking neck tattoos. I start talking lazy eyes when I describe beer. Uh, that's not, but then again, I have a very small vocabulary, and so that's what I got to run with, man. But okay. I'm glad you enjoy it. It's different. I can't Absolutely. wait for you to talk to Kenny as to why you enjoy it. See, I don't tell, I don't let Kenny tell me why I enjoy it. I just enjoy it, and uh, then I enjoy Kenny's conversation because he's a great dude and a smart, smart guy. He is. Now, before I get into the one I'm drinking, based. Uh, I have a maybe a personal preference question towards the West towards the West Coast IPAs, I, and maybe it's my bias being where I'm from, but I tend to like my IPAs a little more juicier, a little more fruitier. Yeah. Being from the New England area, like the New England style is better. Is do, do you and the West Coast house typically have more of that bitter punch to it? Is that something that you prefer from an IPA, or do you, or, or is it just a matter of? The one you brewed is is excellent, but West Coast style in general, you don't tend to like the extra bitterness too much. Man, that's totally. Uh, what what day of the week is is it? You know, I uh, I can find a beauty in our our hazy that we do uh, the Dollar Dom, and we've had one other we played. It's it's the most popular beer we've we've had to uh, go the four months. Everybody loves it. I love it. I probably drank too much of it, but you know, to me. Um, catch me on Tuesday. I'll probably have the hazy in my hand. Right now, it's I'm <laughs> I'm going with the the, the West Coast, uh, and it kind of brings me back West Coast. I lived on the West Coast for a small part of my life, um, back before hazies were a thing, frankly. And uh, you know, it just kind of brings back a little nostalgia drinking drinking this and you know, those kind of beers. But I have an appreciation for. All of them. It's taken me a while to get more into like the sour beers, the gozes. You won't catch me drinking a lot of those. Um, but that's just my personal preference. Some people dig them, and they can throw back a bunch. I've got heartburn for or acid reflux for days <laughs> if I have two yeah. of them. Like milkshake IPAs. When we first brewed that, I asked Kitty, I'm like, are you, are you kidding? Are you joking with me? Or is this a, where's the camera? made a guava milkshake IPA. Are people going to drink this? And it turned out to be one of my favorite beers we've ever made. And I was drinking a ton of those. Like, I had to slow down on that thing because I'm drinking it like, you know, it's my job to do it. And I love that thing. And people have really responded well to those. When I thought, believe me, that's my job. Is to My job is to, frankly, lean on these people who know what they're doing. You know, like the Kenny Drivers of the world. He's just phenomenal. So I stopped doubting him. I just started enjoying his beer every now and then for one that not for me. But then I'll be proven wrong because customers will drink it. And I'll be like, Kenny, ah, no, this one's not, I, I don't know if we should do much more of this. And then I look at the numbers and everybody is drinking that beer. And I clearly am not the one to make these decisions. <laughs> so I just trust that man and uh, yeah, we just keep riding the wave, I guess. 
Now, are you sure you don't actually work in TV? Because that was an excellent segue because the beer I'm drinking is the Guava Milkshake IPA. Now we don't. <laughs> Beanie Babies. Um, and I, I like this, and I know that milkshake IPAs can be a little bit, have a little bit of a stigma, which I never thought they would, but online they do. People tend to think they're a little too gimmicky. And I don't understand that because to me, they're sweet, they're still hoppy. Um, and it's very and and to me like this one, it's got that sweet aroma that makes makes you probably think more of the lactose. Um, and then the flavor is probably like guava. To me, I pick up grapefruit, but probably similar similar fruit. And then a little and then like kind of a creamy mouthfeel. So I think that works very well for the milkshake IPA. So what what were your thoughts on this one, or Kenny's thoughts as far as what he's communicated to you? Yeah, uh, well, it is guava. There's 120 pounds of guava in that for a, uh, that's around a four-barrel batch that would be a three-and-a-half-barrel batch. When you say gimmicky, and that's what I thought, too. When we first brewed it, I'm like, this is gimmicky, man. And I don't read up on beer or any of that, so I don't know what the Internet's saying, but I guarantee the Internet is taking a piss or shit on something or somebody <laughs> right now. They're very and good then, at that. And it, yeah, that's what they do. So if it's milkshake IPAs and someone wants to take a piss on it, well, if that's what they're going to do, they're going to find the Internet for it. But I guarantee what's going to happen is someone's going to stretch the barrier even further. And guava milkshakes or any milkshake IPAs are going to become the norm at some point. And then they're going to be saying, oh, no, this uh, sparkly rust uh, IPA, that's too much. And, uh, and then milkshake, oh, milkshakes are totally fine. And it's just the internet for you, man. If you like it, if you enjoy it, enjoy it. It's not like you're drinking a glass full of swastikas or anything. You're not hurting anybody. This is uh, just beer, man. Enjoy it. No matter if it's a milkshake IPA or a standard beer. I mean, there was, if you ask my father, who's 74 years old, what is beer? And he's been here. He, I mean, you know, like any of this. Give me a, give me a course, you know. That's what he wants, you know, and that's okay. That's beer, man. That's what he wants, and he'll drink that till the day he dies, and that's okay. Uh, I think he may be missing out, but who cares? I'll sneak him some cores in the back, and we'll pour those. Call him but yeah, I mean, let the internet say whatever they want to say about stuff like this. I think it's fun. Um, I've seen some of like the, the glitter beers and things like that, which I kind of think is a little probably gimmicky. But I also know my track record in calling something gimmicky or silly and being proven wrong every time. So I say go with it, man. And that's I've got a I've got a buddy, and don't worry, it's not you, Wayne. That is has the same thought about Coors Light. He's gonna drink that to the day he dies, and he's not a big fan of the craft there. Um, but yeah, as far as um, people expanding the boundaries and, and pushing new limits with beer, I kind of think that also kind of helps the process of the of the traditional style of whatever you're trying to do, because go back a certain amount of years and the craft the craft industry has been around for a while now but still not that long in the grand scheme of things and you go back a certain amount of years and even a NEPA style that was something I, I didn't really want to touch that often it, I, I you know it was too hoppy too bitter it kind of obviously it wasn't really poison but it, it kind of like it didn't, it didn't appeal to me at all and now I drink them down like they're orange juice because so many people have tried that style now that the ones that are really good, they really stand out and they pop. 
Yeah, I agree with you, man. And it's it's like anything in creativity. The the more the more options you have to choose from when being creative, the better. The more ideas that are out there, the better. Yeah, you can't say yes to every idea every bit of the creative process but if you don't have those options you're never going to kind of grow and, and sometimes the stupidest options the stupidest ideas in business in here in whatever spin off to become some of the greatest shit out there you know and without somebody willing to risk and be a little vulnerable and say, hey, I'm going to bring out this kind of style of beer or have this idea or something, knowing that the internet is going to slap them in the face. Without that guy, you're not going to find any other kind of growth in this industry, you know, or at least any substantial growth. It's just too safe. So stand up, be proud of your, you know, your, your milkshakes and, and whatnot, because that's, that's how we grow and find other styles and uh, keep this whole thing real interesting. All right, so like I said before, this Schwartz beer is very interesting and it's very good. Um, unlike my two partners here, I'm not a huge IPA guy. So I appreciate the, uh, the Hefeweizen that you have and the, even the uh, collab you had with Magnet Brewery with the Freebies mm-hmm. Love. That was an awesome beer. Um, Tell me a little bit about the Schwartz beer because that's the style that I haven't really gotten into. But this is very intriguing. The dark lager with some coffee taste to it, I'm guessing. Um, and also, if you've got anything else coming down the pike that might be interesting. Okay, well, um, gonna have to refer back to uh, Kenny, who's not here. Uh, the Schwartz, I love it too, man, because it's. There's a market of people that want to see a dark beer in their hand, that, and that's all. You know, they actually think, like, that's actually one of our lighter beers in my opinion. In how it, in how it drinks to me is one of the lighter beers, even though in color, it's the darkest one I believe we have on tap right now. In fact, we just put an all beer on tap while you're sitting here. And so I don't know if you knew it was on. An all beer, which is an amber lager, but a bit lighter than that, actually I think drinks a little heavier than that one. Um, Here's why, to me, we have that on right now. We want a little bit of variety in that direction. And I asked Kenny, can we find something in that in that in that room? And he picked that. So, and he's done a great job. I believe once we get into cooler weather in the fall, we'll pick up some more uh, of the stouts, the porters. I think we actually have a porter in tank currently. Uh, when it's I think I saw on my dashboard it was 205 degrees when I got here today. It's hot as shit out there. Um, people don't drink a lot of the heavier beers when it's that hot. And it's probably, it might be, and I'm like you, man. I like drinking those no matter what. But I also drink a cup of hot coffee in this kind of weather too. And I'm all right with that. Um, but the customer doesn't, per se. So you'll see some more of those dark beers uh, coming through. And Schwartz beer. It was new to me too when we brought it on, new to me. But once again, we do have a big German group around here, a contingency, and uh, they seem to love it. And frankly, it's great because people are like, What's that? Never tried it. And they love it. Like you do. So it's been a really good selling beer. Alright, so my last question isn't beer related, but every time that I've seen or that I've been here, you've had a food truck so what's the food truck lineup coming up is it going to be every weekend 
until a certain time? Are you always going to have food trucks? Well, what's your plan for that? I thought I was getting a softball when you said that. <laughs> not, uh, not a beer related. I got one on a cop. Perfect. I knocked this out of the park. Then you hit me with food truck. Uh, is, Not putting you on the spot. No, just. there is a certain type of patience required for the job of booking food trucks in this city and dealing with food trucks. I, I believe if I were a smart businessman, I would stop selling beer today and start selling tires. Because every damn food truck will call me on a weekend say, oh, we got a flat tire, uh, we got a tire problem, we can't, uh, we're, we're not gonna make it, we're gonna be late. Every damn one of them has a tire issue going on. Um, so, and they're so hard to get a hold of. I love them, I love food trucks, we all love food trucks. It has been, I should have answered your question earlier about the hardest part about business or struggles, it's been food trucks. And we have music booked throughout like months. Great music stuff coming up. Food trucks, I, I can't answer you, man. I mean, I've got a calendar with some on it. I don't know when they're going to show up or not. Or, like, they, it is so, so hard with food trucks. And then we have restaurants near us that are certainly here for the customer. People order food from all over, so you can get food here. It just may not come on four wheels. Yeah, we try. We try. So the best part, you just touched on it. I was going to touch on it, too. The best part about being in this area, you have Spice Diner that you can get a home-cooked meal, and you allow people to bring food inside here and enjoy your beer, eat with the family. It's very family-oriented. My family and I come here. You can even bring dogs here. That's awesome. You also have the pizza restaurant. You've got the little dessert place across the street. So it's awesome that you're allowing food trucks to come but you have a backup. If the food trucks don't show up because of flat tires, then they have pizza or they have, heck, they have McDonald's if they wanted to bring it. So that, that's awesome. I think you've got a, a good location and the beer's phenomenal. Keep on doing what you're doing. And I'm very grateful that you were able to sit down with us today and talk to us. Thank you, man, and thank you, boys. Really, I owe you a round of beers after this whole time. Have a laugh over some of the stuff I said. No, thank you so much, man. Very kind. You are indicative of the customer in Five Forks. Folks are too kind, too nice. Uh, I've, I've said, I'm just waiting for that. I've owned bars and stuff like that. There's always that one asshole every night, um, every day, whatever. It's not here. They're not in Five Forks. I don't know why. I don't, you know, but I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to question it too much. I'm not going to complain because uh, y'all are great, just like the cats that, that are around you right now. And, uh, and thank you guys for taking the time to come here, man, and kick off your podcast here at uh, one of our tables at Five Forks Brewery. And just, again, to echo Steven's sentiment, Thank you again so much for allowing us to interview you, interview you for our pilot episode. Uh, really means a lot, and hopefully we can coordinate something down the road, another episode, and maybe I'll be a little more adept at my technical prowess. <laughs> uh, 
Well, Pine Chasers and Hopheads, stick with us. Up next, our, shades, our Sage Wayne is a bit of a gearhead, and we want to close the show by having a fun topic. Wayne, we're going to rip through some of the common popular styles of cars and have you match up which American muscle goes with each style of popular beer. Keep it with us. Upstate Beer Voice Podcast. Back road dust blowing in the wind. Pickup trucks start rolling in. Sky turning colors when the sun starts sinking low. Oh, oh, break out of that long week state of mind. Gonna burn a little brush pile wood tonight. Wind chimes ringing, swinging side to side real slow. Oh, oh, and we got Zach Brown playing in the background. Cans and the long necks getting nice down with the stars all shining like a chandelier. It's Friday. Welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. Wayno, you're a resident gearhead, and we want the people to get to know us a bit on this trek we've started. People like to associate things with their beverages, and what better way to start our start off our show by doing that with doing just that? Some of America's classic muscle cars. Here's a fun segment called Gears and Beers. All right, so. Wayne, I like Pilsner beers. Well, not all the time, but it's a good pool drinking beer. Okay. So the Pilsner comes from, it takes its name from the German name of a Bohemian city, Pilsner, where it was first produced in, not, or excuse me, 1842 by Bavarian brewer Joseph Grohl. It was the world's first pale lager. The original Pilsner, Urekla, is still produced there today. So, from that explanation of where it came from, is there a car, like a muscle car, that you could compare a Pilsner-style beer to? Not only do you get beers, you get history lessons here at the Upstate Beer Boys. Hey, now! All right, so, all right, Pilsner's. So when I hear Pilsner, I'm thinking of something kind of flashy and loud. Something that stands out and you Really? Recognize. Yeah. <laughs> something that you recognize it right away. But not everybody likes it. Case in point, Chase. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking when I'm matching up a American muscle car to a Pilsner, I'm thinking you're Trans Am. Because everybody knows Smokey and the Bandit. That movie is iconic. That black Trans Am just stands out. It's loud. It's fast. Uh, it's got that big flaming bird on the hood. So when I think Pilsner, I'm thinking Trans Am because everyone knows what a Trans Am is, but not everybody likes them. You want a Diablo sandwich? <laughs> With a Dr. Pepper. Hush <laughs> puppies, daddy. <laughs> I'm going to smack your mom when I get home. <laughs> or something very close to that. Yep, but that's keep, close. Uh, another fun fact on Smoking the Bandit. That is a movie about the biggest beer run ever. Coors Hey, no. hey now. They Coors. were teasing something Coors, in the future. Yeah. Coors. 
All right, Chase, what you got? Now, I know you particularly are a big fan of the pills. You also like to dabble in the, a little in the lager crowd, as we've talked about previously. Now, when it comes to a traditional lager, and thereof, people typically associate to reds, to ambers. What can you give us as far as the right vibe is concerned as to an American muscle car comparing to a red, an amber, a traditional American lager? You know, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to throw out yingling by any stretch of the imagination, but Reds, ambers, what 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 type of American lager to you associates to an American muscle car? Well, to me, a lager is a beer that everybody likes. I mean, oh. everybody likes what they like, but everybody can drink a lager. Um, but it may not be everybody's favorite. Lagers have stood the test of time. So when I'm thinking, and I'm going to equate a American muscle type car to that I'm going to equate my personal favorite the Ford Mustang Mustang was the first pony car ever in production they started it in 64 and it has been in production since they have not ceased everybody can recognize a Mustang and it is the perfect match for a logger um, it's kind of like without the Mustang like in the 80s you wouldn't have modern muscle cars, thanks to uh, a few things that were like uh, fuel injection. Uh, so without lager beers, you probably wouldn't have the other beers you've got now. So to me, that's how it matches up. Lagers, Mustangs. There's, there's different variations of lagers, like you said, like the Ambers and this and that. Well, there's many different Mustangs. So to me, it's like a perfect match. I'm Which, almost, hmm? Go ahead. I like Mustangs. I'm not going to lie. I like lagers, so there you go. I'm almost curious as far as the concept of fuel injection in the evolution of American cars and, and muscle cars to, to, that, to that further extent. Home brewer, our mayor, what, type, what pro process of the brewing process is comparison comparable, comparable to the aspect of fuel injection into a car? I don't really know what that would be. Aeration. Air intake. Air intake. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I have to get back on that one because, you know, I've been doing homebrew, just quick backstory, been doing homebrew for two years, and I learn as I go every day. But I, I really don't know what that would be because you said air intake, but... The whole process of beer, when you put the airlock on top, is to let the ga the bad gases out, but keep the other gases in and not allow oxygen to come into it. All right, let me expand on that a bit. Um, the reason I say you know Mustangs like the um, well, Fox Body area for per se is responsible for your modern muscle cars is because when they developed the mass airflow fuel injection system. It allowed for modifications to the vehicle to where you could personalize it and you can make it more powerful or you could do this and that. So maybe like your 
double dry hop, your triple dry hop, IPAs, uh, maybe things like that could compare to it. Um, what you're describing, uh, once it locks it in and expels the gases, that would be your exhaust, like your flow masters, yeah. your classic Mustang sound, um, things like that. I know uh, quite a bit about cars. I know what I like in beer. So we're always learning here at the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. You get a little bit of everything. Uh, you never know what you're going to find. Steven, speaking of uh, triple hopping and double dry hopping, what's our next What's our next beer up to compare to classic American muscle cars? So the IPA of all beers or all styles is my favorite. Uh, Not mine. <laughs> so just to give you a little bit quick history lesson. Indian Pale Ale IPA, which everyone knows, encompasses numerous styles of beers. They get their characteristics largely from hops and herbal citrus or fruity flavors. They can be bitter, which we found before, and contain high alcohol levels, as I said before, that every single beer that I've had that's uh, double hop, tri-hop, quad hopped, is all higher levels of, of uh, alcohol beer. Alcohol. Is there Maybe a Quinn hop? A what? Is there a Quinn hop like five times? Yeah, let's hope uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. So, um, again, they can be bitter, contain high alcohol levels through the final product, depend, though the final product depends on the variety of hops used when the hops are put into the beer. So where does that, the, talking about the IPAs, is there a muscle car that you can think of that would be compared to an IPA style beer? Funny you should ask, yes there is. Um, <laughs> of course like there said, is. <laughs> hoppies are, you know, not hoppies, but IPAs are big on hops, they're big on power, they were developed after lagers and ales mm -hmm. came around, so and they are immensely popular. So we just talked about the Mustang, which is my personal favorite. I drive a Mustang. So to me, an IPA is like the antithesis, antithesis about it. It would be the Chevrolet Camaro. Oh! And the reason I say that is because the Mustang is the very first pony car that came out from 64, in May of 64, until 1966, Ford sold over one million of those cars. So General Motors said, hey, we gotta get on the action. And they developed the 1967 Chevrolet Camaro, uh, a copycat of the Mustang, which an IPA is not a copycat of a logger, but uh, it is a very popular car. In some circles, it is more popular than Mustang. Um, like, uh, you know, it followed the OG, Camaro followed the Mustang, IPA followed the Lager, and Ales. Um, and there's a wide variety of them. There's the, all sorts of IPA styles. There's the East Coast, New England, West Coast, double, triple, quad hopped. Well, there's various variations of the Camaro. You got the Camaro RS, you got the SS, you got the Z28, you got your IROC Zs in the middle 80s. And the ZL1. So just like there's a million IPAs out there, there's a million Camaros out there. Not my favorite, but, you know, I can appreciate them. 
I like some of them, but <laughs> they're not my favorite. Well, now on to my favorite. Those big and bold, dark, thick and rich, sometimes dry porters and stouts. What vehicle gives you the right feeling for this style of beer? You know, when we talked about this segment, Beers and Gears, and you gave me the layout of which ones we're talking about, the very first one that came to mind was Stouts and Porters, and I had two sets of vehicles in mind. Now, everyone confuses Stouts and Porters as being the same, and they are different, but they are both very potent and very powerful. So, we're going to start with the Porters. And actually, I'm going to give you two different examples of porters. Porters are very powerful. They've got good taste. Um, but I'm going to give you a classic version of the porter would be, my take on it would be the, uh, the Hemi engine uh, Plymouth Barracuda or Dodge Challenger. Oh. Those cars, if you have a 70 or 71 factory Hemi car, they are some of the most desired and some of the most expensive muscle cars ever produced. A uh, modern take on that would be your Dodge Challenger Hellcat, uh, maybe the Demon version. Uh, for those that don't really know all your classic muscle cars, they, everyone knows what the Hellcat is. It's a very potent, very powerful vehicle, and a porter can be a very potent and powerful drink. Now, when we're talking stouts, there is one car that came to mind. I've been around cars all my life, and I live and breathe power and muscle cars. This is going to be a surprise because I'm a big Ford fan, but when it came to stouts, the one that stood out to me, it would be a 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle SS 454. It's nothing but brute power, and a stout to me is nothing but a brute power drink. They're very good. They're very tasty. But when you drink a stout, you know what you're getting. It's just nothing but awesomeness and power. <laughs> that is very, very accurate. So, <clears throat> next in line of our beers styles that we're talking about is the sour and gosas. Oh boy. <laughs> so, that. I'm not big on that because a lot of the breweries in the South that brew Gosas, and I may not be saying it right, but I'm saying it the way I was told, they're very, like, sour and salty and just, they don't do anything for me. You're hitting it right on the head. That There is a brewery that claim to do sours, but they do fruited sours, and I won't say exactly what the brewery is because I would love to get them on one of the podcasts. And there's a few that of them. They, the one I'm talking about is actually in North Carolina, but they just recently, as of Thursday, started distributing in South Carolina. Stay tuned. So, I like their sours because they go on a different little fruited aspect. They put actual fruit puree in the in the beer so is there any car wayne that would compare to a fruited sour this is the one when we're talking about american cars american muscle cars american powerful cars it kind of threw me for a loop um when you think about it, sours and gozes 
which that is Goza is a German style, and it took me a while to figure out it's pronounced Goza, yeah. not Goes, Gozi, or anything yeah. like that. A lot of people get thrown off by that. Um, there's a very particular crowd that likes them. Um, now, there are some that like beer that may or may not like Gozas. Um, so, matching up to a car per se, American made, this is going to be a little bit of a maybe a shock, but I'm going to go with a Chevrolet Corvette. Because everyone knows what a Corvette is. Not everybody likes them. They have a very particular crowd that follows the Corvettes and drives Corvettes. Kind of like in the same vein of your, more of your Gozes. Sours kind of fall into that. But for me, I would drink more of a Sour than a Goza. Uh, just Gozas are very salty and it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Kind of like Chevrolet Corvettes. Oh! <laughs> you know, uh, no disrespect to the Corvette. It's been around since 1953, but they... To me, they've kind of gone away from what they originally were. They're supposed to be a America's sports car, and it seems like they're just copycatting the Europeans with the new mid-engine version they've got. Um, they're very quick. They've got a lot going on, just like your Sours and Gozes. Yeah. But just like everything else, they might be good, but they're not everyone's favorite. So to me, it's a perfect match because Corvettes are good, but they're just not my favorite, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, thank you, Wayne, for the gear knowledge, and uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to our inaugural episode of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. Download, like, share, subscribe, whatever jazz fits you. We will be back with another episode, and I hope you keep listening. This from Stephen, from Wayne, from myself. You know the social channels. Hit us up. Let us know. Upstate Beer Boys podcast. We're just boys, we're just boys. We like beer, we like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys, we like beer. We're just boys, we like beer.